Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Welcome to You Beauty, the podcast for your face. My name is Shazzy Hunt and looky looky here, summer is officially upon us. Yay! And while anyone that listens to this podcast regularly knows by now, sunscreen is non-negotiable all year round, but it is even more important during summer when those UV rays reach those super high levels. And because sunscreen is so top of mind for everyone at this time of year, today I've asked Sydney-based dermatologist Dr. Philip Tong to join me for an entire episode of Sunscreen with Debunking. Dr. Tong, thanks for joining us. Shazzy, pleasure to be here and great to chat through sunscreen myths and tips to be summer ready. We all want to be summer ready from a sunscreen perspective, that is for sure. Let's start with sunscreen 101, absolute basics. And the first thing I want to start with is, you know, all our listeners use a lot of beauty products, but what they may not realize is that sunscreen is probably one of the only ones, if not the only one, that's classified as a therapeutic product regulated by the Australian Government's Therapeutic Goods Administration. So what exactly does that mean in terms of its efficacy and its safety? Well, Shazzy, here in Australia, sunscreens are highly regulated. And as you correctly said, it's regulated by the TGA or the Therapeutic Goods Administration. So therefore, all sunscreens sold in Australia have to pass this regulation. Thereby, you could be safely reassured that whenever you buy a sunscreen here in Australia, as opposed to, say, online or overseas, you could be safely reassured that the sunscreen that you're using is rated for Australian conditions, and they are those that are rated factor 50 as well as broad spectrum. And let's get quickly into how exactly sunscreens work to protect the skin. Walk us through the process. That's a great question. So the way sunscreens work is that they can either absorb the UV rays or reflect the UV rays and thereby protecting the skin underneath from the damaging UV rays from the sun. The way we understand skin damage from the sun is from those damaging UVA and UVB rays on the surface of the skin and causing mutations underneath the skin. And it's actually been shown that regular use of sunscreen prevents melanomas. That's a long-established study that was done in Queensland demonstrating the efficacy of sunscreens in preventing skin cancers. Not only that, sunscreens are a great anti-aging product and thereby reduces the amount of UV-induced aging, if you like, on the skin. What are some of those signs of aging that are prevented as a result of using sunscreen? Well, the effects of the sun on the skin are threefold. Fine lines and wrinkles pigmentation, as well as broken blood vessels. So the use of sunscreens helps to address all of these changes, and it's a very economical way of doing so just by applying sunscreen every day. 
absolutely cheapest anti-aging product there is out there. The other intro to sunscreen question that always comes up is about the difference between chemical and physical sunscreen. So talk us through the differences. Absolutely. And it goes back to your question about how does sunscreen work. So there are chemical sunscreens. They're the ones that absorb the UV rays. And there are physical sunscreens based off titanium or zinc oxides, and they're the ones that reflect the UV rays. So they're just different technologies found in sunscreens in order to confer its effectiveness. Some sunscreens have a mixture of these, so both chemical and physical filters in order to make its effect. It depends on your skin type and whether you have any issues with using sunscreens, whereby you would choose one over the other. And that brings me to our first listener question, nice and early for today. It has come from Renee over email. I know it's important to wear sunscreen even when pregnant, but I'm seeing a lot of information saying to wear a physical rather than a chemical sunscreen. Any advice? That's a really good question. There's been a lot of debate about whether or not these actually sunscreens get absorbed into the skin. For the most part, there is negligible absorption of sunscreens into the bloodstream, and that's based off studies performed, obviously, in the laboratory and testing of the safety of these sunscreens. The way physical sunscreens work is that they sit on top of the skin and reflect the harmful UV rays. So if there is a concern regarding the use of sunscreens in pregnancy, Theoretically, one might choose a physical sunscreen, but there's actually no scientific evidence or backing to suggest one is better than the other. So from my perspective, I don't have any safety concerns regarding the use of a chemical or physical sunscreen in the setting of pregnancy. And just if you're not pregnant, is there a preference for one over the other or is it actually better to have one that's a combination of both? A good question. It depends about your skin type and whether or not you have any issues regarding, say, acne or sensitivity. So depending on your skin type, you might find that there are some sunscreens which are more likely to cause you to break out. So choose a sunscreen that actually says the word non-comedogenic, which means it's less likely to cause breakouts. In general, I find the chemical sunscreens do a good job at doing that. If, for example, you have sensitive skin, for example, prone to rosacea, irritation, um, atopic dermatitis, which is an itchy skin condition, sometimes using the physical sunscreens might be better because they obviously don't contain the chemical filters and thereby can cause allergies or irritation to the skin. So it really depends on your skin type and what your preference is for these types of chemical or physical blockers within these sunscreens. And I think the other thing I've always been told about this is the best type is the one that you're actually going to use. So it's all well and good if you've got one that's super fancy, but then you don't really like the feel of it or you don't like actually spreading it around or using enough, then that's not going to be much use either. Shazzy, that's a great point. Uh, Traditionally, the physical sunscreens have always left a very white sheen. And for some women, it could be um, cosmetically unappealing to have that really white look from use of a sunscreen and thereby a chemical sunscreen may actually 
sit better on the skin for those patients. So it really is a very individual what type of sunscreen you choose. And I really back you up by saying the sunscreen doesn't work from the bottle. You actually got to put it on your skin. <laughs> Carrying it around in your bag is not the way. <laughs> Alrighty, it is time. I want to get into five of the biggest sunscreen misconceptions that always seem to get trotted out around this time of year and see if we can finally sort out the facts from the fiction. So number one, sunscreen alone is enough to protect me. Unfortunately, it's not the case and not everyone uses sunscreen as its intended use. For example, you really need to use about a teaspoon for the entire face and some people may be really shocked by how much sunscreen that is. Most people are actually underutilizing their sunscreen and thereby I often recommend to layer their sunscreen with their makeup, for example. But in addition to that, consider other measures to avoid the UV, harmful UV rays, such as a hat, seeking shade, and avoiding the harsh periods of the sun between 10 and 3, for example. But yes, yeah, sunscreen alone isn't enough. It really is a multifactorial approach to protecting your skin. I think it's so important to think that because you do sometimes think, yep, I've got my sunscreen on, off I go, enjoying my long, long, long day in the sun when actually it needs to be a combination of all those factors and for the reason of that you may not have even applied enough to begin with. Absolutely. I've diagnosed plenty of skin cancers around the eyes and, for example, wearing you know UPF-rated sunglasses is incredibly important just to protect those sensitive areas around the eyes. And most people underutilize sunscreens around those areas anyway. Let's move on to misconception number two. My makeup or skincare contains SPF, so I'm covered. Well, that really goes back to what I said earlier about layering your sunscreen. Often the sunscreens found in a makeup such as a foundation, is just simply not enough. Generally, they're not rated at the SPF 50. And generally, the coverage is probably not enough to confer the actual SPF 50 rating. The SPF 50 rating is more of a laboratory guide. I would often recommend to layer the sunscreen prior to using the makeup. So using both a SPF 50 rated sunscreen and then followed on by your Factor 50 or even Factor 30 foundation over the top. We've got to go to another listener question. This one's from Sharon, not me, another Sharon on email. I was wondering if you recommend using a sunscreen even if you use two or more products that already have a sunscreen in them. And I'm talking about days when it's a mainly indoor day. So I use a primer that has an SPF of 15 and then a CC or tinted moisturizer that also has an SPF of 15 plus. Is this enough or do I still need to layer a sunscreen? This kind of reminds me of those maths problems where it's like, if I use an SPF of 15 primer and SPF 15 tinted moisturizer, does that add up to enough sun coverage? The math doesn't work by using an SPF 15 primer plus an SPF. SPF 15 BB cream, for example, you don't get an SPF 30 product, right? That doesn't equal SPF 30 coverage, okay? <laughs> no, absolutely not. And I would always recommend using a factor 50 where possible, simply just to negate the fact that people are probably underutilizing their sunscreens anyway. And if they can layer this appropriately in the right steps, then that would be the way to go when layering uh, sunscreen products. For example, whether it's rain, hail, or shine, I'm often moisturizing and then sunscreen straight over the top even though I spend most of my days indoors. 
I do want to ask a bit more about these products that contain SPF. Just going right back to the top when we were talking about how sunscreens go through that TGA approval, what about makeup and skincare products that contain SPF 15 or higher? Do they have to go through that regulation process as well? Those products that contain a little bit of SPF are not considered sunscreen products. They're considered cosmetics and thereby do not necessarily have to go through the stringent TGA or regulatory approvals that sunscreens are subjected to. So thereby, it's difficult to guarantee that level of protection in those cosmetic products. So they're a different category as opposed to dedicated sunscreens that actually have a regulatory approval. And then is the other thing with the sunscreen we were talking about for the face that you need about seven millilitres. But when I think about my foundation, for instance, I'm not applying seven millilitres of foundation or I would just be very muddy. Do I literally need to be putting seven millilitres of it to get even close to the recommended coverage? Look, you just got to be practical about it. And hence, I often recommend using a sunscreen, even if you can find a sunscreen that's suitable as a primer prior to you using a foundation over the top of that. And if you can find that secret combination that's suitable for your skin, I'd stick with that because this way then your makeup looks great, but also at the same time, you're protecting your skin by having that foundational layer of a good quality sunscreen. One more little sub-question while we're on this topic. With your sunscreen and then most likely applying makeup over the top, do you need to worry at all about your makeup interfering with the efficacy of your sunscreen? Like, Do you have to give it a minute to sink in or anything like that? They say you should put on sunscreen 30 minutes before you go out. So that's the only situation where you have to consider the timing of a sunscreen. From my perspective, I don't have an issue with you layering your makeup, for example, over the top of a sunscreen. But as long as you apply it 30 minutes before you head out, that's when it actually starts to get incorporated into the top layers or the dead layer of the skin to confer its true benefit as a sunscreen. Okay, on to the next misconception, and this one is a doozy. Natural organic sunscreens are a better option. Now, when we say natural sunscreens, we're not talking about physical here. We're talking about the kind of homemade recipes that you can dig up on the internet or maybe even ones you can buy that I assume don't have the label sunscreen on them because they would not have gone through the TGAs. And these would be made of a concoction of oils and natural ingredients. Tell me about the alarm bells, red flags, flashing warning signs (laughs) that this should all raise. Shazzy, I think you know the answer already. And the fact that it just doesn't have that regulatory approval makes it difficult for any healthcare practitioner to recommend a homemade sunscreen that would provide the same benefits as one bought at a chemist, for example, that has gone through that regulatory approval. It's comparing apples and oranges, unfortunately. Okay, on to the next misconception. And this one is actually really widely thought of in society, though probably not amongst us UBs because all our listeners know to wear sunscreen all the time, no matter what. But here's the misconception. On cold, cloudy or windy days, you don't need sunscreen. Yeah, that's a big misconception there. Just because it's cloudy doesn't mean the UV rating is low. UV can still penetrate the clouds and have a damaging effect on the skin. And that's why I see putting sunscreen just like brushing your teeth in the morning. It's just part of your routine and part of a preventative health measure to ensure that your skin stays protected, not only from a skin cancer perspective, but also from an anti-aging 
pigmentation, fine lines perspective as well. The last misconception comes up a lot. And actually, this one is often used as a justification as why someone isn't wearing sunscreen. So here it is. Number five, a bit of vitamin D is good for me and my skin. That's a great misconception. And my response to that would be you can always get vitamin D in a tablet. And certainly, if there is concern about vitamin D levels, there's actually been studies showing that appropriate use of sunscreen in healthy individuals does not result in a reduction in vitamin D to cause any health issues. So if you're a healthy individual and you wear sunscreen, it's not going to result in reductions in your vitamin D such that it actually poses health issues. And that was a study published in the British Journal of Dermatology, I believe. So there is evidence out there that it is safe to use sunscreen on a daily basis as long as you're a healthy individual, healthy lifestyle, healthy diet. There's no reasons why you need to deliberately get vitamin D through the skin, through the sun, without sunscreen. To finish things up today, let's do a quick recap on choosing and using a sunscreen. So first of all, what qualities should you be looking for in the perfect sunscreen? Well, one that is available and able to be purchased here in Australia, one that has SPF factor 50 rated on the label, one that's rated broad spectrum, as in protects you against UVA and UVB. And those are essentially the three main qualities that I would look for in a sunscreen. What comes after that is what you feel is suitable for your skin. And often it's worthwhile trying a sunscreen, see if it works well with your makeup and seeing how you go. Just a quick side question on that. You know, it used to be SPF 30, but now we're encouraging SPF 50. Is SPF 30 still okay or is that not the benchmark anymore? That was the benchmark up until, say, five, six years ago. And since the Australian government and TGA have now flatly rated SPF 50 as the standard here in Australia, in terms of the amount of benefit moving from an SPF 30 to an SPF 50, level of protections afforded by an SPF 30 product would be about 94%, 95%. Moving to an SPF 50 rated sunscreen, you're looking at protection up to 98% under optimal conditions. That is applying it as directed in the appropriate quantities, for example. Speaking of applying, so tell us how much do you need at a minimum and anything else we need to know about getting that thorough, proper application from top to toe? Well, certainly a teaspoon for the face. I would say in terms of the back, you're looking at a couple of tablespoons. You'll be surprised how much sunscreen you need to use if you were to go to the beach, for example. So if you're looking at an arm, maybe one tablespoon for each arm, two tablespoons for the lower legs and a tablespoon for the front of the body and a tablespoon at least for the back of the body. Obviously, size is dependent. You know, if you're a taller person, you'll need more. If you're not so tall, you'll need less. But work within those guidelines. Dr. Tong, thank you again for joining me today to clear up some of those common sunscreen misconceptions. My pleasure indeed, and thank you for your time. And if you want to find out more information about sun protection, head to the Cancer Council website and we'll pop that link for you in the show notes too. This episode was produced by Gia Moylan. I'm Shazzy Hunt, and this was our final Ask an Expert episode for 2021. Can you believe it? 
Thank you so much for listening every week. I hope you've learned so many new beauty things. I know I have, and I look forward to doing it all again with you in 2022. But the good news is the You Beauty Fun is not over for the year. Over the upcoming holiday season, we'll be bringing you some very special You Beauty episodes, including bringing back the very popular In Her Bags, where I'll be chatting to a few high-profile people about the products they love to use and swear by. So keep your ears peeled over the holidays for those new episodes. Until then, speak to you next time.